with obsessive compulsive disorder mm-hmm. but i am so compulsive that it doesn't make sense that i wouldn't have it you know if that right. makes any sense sure. um which is what's fun about the title of this podcast mm-hmm. which is uh, obsessive comic disorder thanks everybody <laughs> for listening thanks everybody and uh today my guest uh returning from season one is ryan danley how are you doing ryan i am doing okay gene how you doing man I'm doing very well. Just uh, hung out with a friend of mine that I've known for about 11 years today. I hadn't seen him in a while. We got coffee this morning. It was uh, it was a good time. Good to catch up a little bit, you know. Sure. Uh, we, our lives are a bit different now. He's got kids, or a kid or two kids. I think he's got two kids, and it's it's weird because you have kids, but your kids are grown up, right? So yeah, they um. Yeah, my, I have a 19-year-old and a 16-year-old. Yeah. yeah. So they're a lot more autonomous. Yeah. I mean, like, they're, like... They're kind of their own people now, and you're... You, I mean, you still got to, like, make sure they're okay, but, like, not as... as well, right. Like, level. I mean, my daughter lives in Japan. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's... You still, every once in a while, check in on her on a Yeah, room, I mean, I know? still talk to her all the time, but, like, she, li- <laughs> she lives in Japan, so I have no idea, like... I mean, she's probably eating something rad and doing something yeah. cool. She sent me that pictures sounds awesome. from a yeah. tea farm the other day, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. So... That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, that is autonomy when they, when they live on the other side of the Yeah, yeah exactly. But, like, right. he's got... I think one kid that's probably three, four mm. years old, maybe at this point, And the other one, I feel like was born a year ago, maybe or two. I don't know. Either way, they're very young. Sure. They're very young. They're very, they're still at that kind of feeble age where you got to be very extra cautious with them and take care of them and just yeah. make sure that they grow up, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, when, when the kids are young, it's just a full-time job of yeah. watching the kids as they get older, it just kind of just transfers off so you know so it's, it's yeah a, but um well hopefully you know what i mean like i mean that, that's that's things you know, change that's not, but true, that's not true for every kid and yeah all sorts of people have different needs um you know my kids are um definitely uh self-sustaining that's uh, human beings and um you know i'm still like trying to be present and be yeah. a dad you know what i mean but it's but it's also like um you know i mean Way to low key brag about being a good parent. Well, there, I mean, you know? Like, you know, but it's um, <laughs> um, I have I have great relationships with both my kids, and so I I, I keep it around, yeah. uh, you know. But like, but also like, you know, you know, I mean, I know when I was sixteen to nineteen, like I was on my own, you know. What yeah. I mean? And so I know how it feels like that, and you kind of, you know, I uh, as much as like I miss my daughter, I mean, her and I are very close friends, and uh, that's awesome. But she, but like, you you raise your kids, to, so they hopefully go do shit like move to japan you know what i mean so yeah that's i mean being able to yeah not everybody can say that about their kids you know right. not everybody uh i'm looking at you my mom and dad i'm just kidding yeah. <laughs> no that's not true i moved out um they kind of pushed me out though like at like 18 they're like we no longer legally are required to keep you here sure so uh, I feel a little bit bad because my brother essentially got a random call from my mom and she's like, You're, she, she didn't even say, can he move in with you? She's like, he's moving in with you. And he was 28. <laughs> so 28 year old guy. He's exactly, he's basically, he's just a little bit less than 10 years older than me. 
um because he is uh he was born in july 3rd i was born in march 26 mm-hmm. you know he was you know but basically 10 years and he was at a point where like literally the winter that new year's that i was living with him he was in europe visiting his girlfriend who was studying abroad and he asked her to marry you know him right. uh, and so he was at a very big transitional period of his life and then all of a sudden he's got to deal with his his you know 18 year old brother who's got just got kicked out because i was like very um i just kind of gave up on trying to be a good son while i was living there at the end right. i was i was kind of ready to get out but i didn't drive i i wasn't very i wasn't as autonomous as i should be so it was sort of a tossing you in a pool but almost like tossing you in the kiddie pool you know because like at least i had my brother to fall back on but i still had to get a job there's all these things he's like yeah i'm not gonna just like take i'm not gonna just let you live here without paying something and you know right um but yeah still you know i'm 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 kind of grateful my parents did that because i was i was at a point and it wasn't really their fault. It was just me being kind of a lazy ass kid at that point. Um, I just like I got to a point where I was like sleeping almost sometimes. Like I was I was sleeping all day. I was staying up really late at night, either playing video games or watching movies or mm-hmm. porn or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was essentially just a sloth at their house. And then occasionally I'd leave town to hang out with friends or something like that. But I was I wasn't really giving anything to society aside from being a really terrible employee for my dad's business that he was trying to keep over, you know, sure. afloat. Um, so for sure, you know, it took me a while to grow up, I think even after that, but either way, you know, if you're a parent, either you yourself or just anyone listening right now, you know, I maybe not give yourself a pat on the back, but like, at least like, you know, if you're got, if you're a parent and your kid, is especially, you know, teenage or adulthood, early adulthood, and they're still alive and they're at least somewhat autonomous. Give yourself a little bit of pat on the back because, you know, at least you didn't completely fuck up things. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, not completely, but yeah, but I mean, but yeah, I know I get it. Yeah. So this is uh, so this is fun. Back to talk about comic books. Uh, yeah. You know, I grew up on comic books, you know, so it was, uh, it was been... It's been a big part of my life for a long time. I took a break through my 20s. Um, okay. And, like, I just kind of uh, rested um, comic books. Yeah. I need needed, like, I don't know. I think I, I peeked out at one point. I was like, you know what? I'm good at this. Yeah. I'm good, yeah. I'm good for this. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I, like, I kind of, like, you know, I just got more interested in different things. And, uh, you know, but I, I was a... Uh, skateboarding horror comic book nerd as a kid and, yeah you know i mean i cruise around and i bought comic books at the store called the uh the haunted bookshops that sold um um used b- books yeah. and then he had a big comic section and i would just like skateboard down to that place and uh yeah and then buy some buy some comic books what were some of your go-tos um i've always always a spider-man you know i, yeah. I, I came up in the era of of you know i'm a little like you know i'm in my yeah i'm in my 40s so like i was in definitely like solidly in the x-men and punisher yeah 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 um which i've always been and like i love and what were you gonna say i was gonna say let's let's keep punisher on our side you know let's 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 fuck all those people who are appropriating the punisher yeah i mean it's like i mean 
I mean, Punisher's killed an awful lot of white supremacists. Um, and cops. And cops. Yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's, uh, he's pretty indiscriminate. Um, yeah. Um, I was always, though, I've always been a Spider-Man guy. Okay. Um, I liked Spider-Man and I liked Daredevil and I like Daredevil sort of, is awesome. And I really like the sort of like ground New York City yeah. on the ground kind of guys that were vulnerable beyond being, you know, like Wolverine was incredibly popular. And, and like I, and I like Wolverine. It's I do not, too. It's not yeah. that I don't like Wolverine. I just kind of like sometimes stories about so hyper strong and so yeah. little vulnerable characters are 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 can be a little exhausting to me like my problem with like wolverine comics is they yeah. either have to weaken him yeah or have him fight somebody of equal strength which is the same as superman sure and, well, and hulk weirdly enough though wolverine has a better more often better stories than superman because sure. wolverine even though he has the healing factor apparently he can I was reading, uh, you know, who Jason Aaron is, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. One of my favorite comic book writers, especially in the last 10 for 20 years or whatever. Um, I, I've definitely become a lot more of a fan of his lately, just actually reading his stuff. But his, uh, I was reading the Wolverine Weapon X comic, which was his, at the time, there was the Wolverine Origins comic and there was a couple other series and he was writing sort of a, a spinoff uh, like back to basics Wolverine comic. And um, there's a point where he references that he can't swim. He could technically potentially still die or at least have a shitty time because the animantium is so heavy that he'll just fall on the ground, hmm. which obviously there's other comics that, don't follow that <laughs> oh, right i mean that's a, i was gonna say that sounds like a little like retcon i mean you know yeah. what I mean? like but it was a, like it was a i think a, a nice retcon like sure. giving a little bit of more levity to a character when you have another we have like the civil war storyline of wolverine where he literally burns to a crisp where he's just a skeleton and somehow he's fine right and like that's just like overpowered wolverine that's also a really i don't like that's that story i read it i yeah. i liked I like how Umberto Ramos's art, and it was cool seeing him actually drawn as someone who's short. Right. But when you overpower it, and there's just like it's like I I don't I have the same reason why I have a hard time reading a lot of some of the um, more over the top series by Garth Ennis mm -hmm. is the same issue why I have with that is when it's like cool for the sake of cool. Sure. I don't I don't like cool for that. I like I like a good story like. Tom King's recent work. I don't know if you're familiar with no. him. He did Mr. Miracle. Mm -hmm. He did. He has a series of Adam Strange. He even did. He did a Batman run where it was literally about the psychology of Bruce Wayne. And still he was Batman, but it's about it's a character story and not just like this is a, you know, cool, you know, good guy, punch, bad guy, you sure, know, sure. like I need I, 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 I've read so many comics that I need more than just good versus evil you know or right whatever you know it's it's, it's got to be it's got to be more than that um you know um i will say that i do struggle a little bit with modern comics I, um, okay um i feel like particularly on the superhero comics a yeah. like i kind of miss the days when like i would bought like amazing spider-man like 172 yeah. and you <laughs> yeah. just kind of picked it up someplace and you yeah. just read it 
now it's like there's so many titles and they all get like like eight to ten issue runs yeah and it's so many number ones out there and i get it it's to, yeah but i think it confuses it all a little bit and i think that it's like i mean for a while i was trying to read spider gwen and i couldn't tell where to start where to start or actually which which comics were lining up with because the covers were so similar that i could like i didn't know which yeah. wait is this this spider gwen or is this this spider gwen and then yeah and and i and i kind of can i can kind of struggle with that so i'm actually like mo like less interested in so what you're saying sorry to interrupt but what you're saying is why I've gotten more into the omnibus collections sure. than just even the standard paperbacks. Like I, uh, inarguably, paperbacks are the easiest way to read a comic. Right. It is the next easiest is like a hardcover that's small mm -hmm. with a regular size. Those are nice. I like those because of the stability. Like for example, the one we're about to get into, I have the hardcover edition of it. Um, but. Inarguably, paperbacks—they're more flimsy or whatever. They're 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 they fall apart easier, whatever. But they're so much easier to read because you just carry it. Whereas an omnibus, you got this tome in your hand and your mm -hmm. arm falls asleep, and you gotta or you gotta sit read it on a desk or something like that. Right. But there's things like I have I I was talking about Jason Aaron. I got the first omnibus of Jason Aaron's Thor. And the nice thing about it, and the same thing I was about to say about Spider Gwen, is there is a omnibus now collecting the entire run or the the entire thing, and it will, it's in chronological order, mm. and you don't have to be like, what do I read next? You can just be, you can just open it up. Sure. It, it does the next story in the reading order. You don't have to worry about right. trying to determine because. I think it was uh, even Jason Aaron's Thor starts over a number one a couple times on different series where there's different <laughs> titles. Right. Like it's like the mighty Thor and then it's Thor and then Thor the the on uh, was it like the unworthy Thor and right. like all this stuff. And it's like I I like I'm glad that they were able to like do a big story, but it's it is confusing. And yep. I get it because they want to get more readers and they're like, this is a great starting point. Right. Even if it isn't. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> I just, when I go in there and I look at them and I look at like all the different Spider-Man stories now, I mean, I was just in, a, I was just picking up a comic book the, the other day. Uh, yeah. It's called Rose City Comics now. Um, and I don't think I've been to Rose City Comics. It's, uh, it used to be Bridge, Bridgetown. Oh, yes. No, yeah. okay. I've been yeah. there. Um, and, you know, and I went in there, I was getting the Monsters of Metal um, from, uh, um, constant guest on my podcast, another goddamn horror podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Jason Howden, who um, who's a New Zealand guy who nice. wrote the movie, uh, wrote and directed uh, and produced the movies Guns Akimbo and Deathgasm. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, he wrote a comic book. Um, you know, the the, the writing on it uh, called Monsters of Metal, um, which is like a monster metal band. It's really good. Um, I nice. str strongly suggest uh, picking it up. A big shout out to Jason Howden. Oh, he's really really great dude. Um, yeah. New Zealanders, um, like someday I'll just retire there. If I New Zealanders are 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 like if I are like Australians, but I actually like them. <laughs> right. no, no <laughs> I can't disrespect. You. There are the, the Australians are my second leading listener on my podcast. Like it's, okay, uh, yeah, we do, no we Australians do. are great. Uh, Tom Taylor, uh, I don't know if you know, he's a comic book writer. Recently found out he's Australian. He wrote the Injustice comics. He mm. wrote. The I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm now I'm doing the thing of like, did you know that uh, George Washington Carver <laughs> invented peanut butter? Like thing like that's what I'm doing right now. But for Australians, um, 
um, but um, it's um, um, and I just went in there and I was just like looking at them all, and I yeah. was looking at like Spider Punk and and all, and it's, it's all intriguing to me. Like I would would yeah. would easily pick any of it up. It's just that it's um. I don't know. I think it's maybe from the era that I'm from. Is yeah. That you just kind of picked it up and there were like uh, two, three different universes in total. Yeah. And like, and I am not afraid to like delve into something, but I've also mm-hmm. tried that and it kind of has failed. Like uh, I got into that. Was it Mockingjay? What was? Uh, Mockingbird? Was it Mockingbird? What's the? No, Mockingbird is. Um, is it's Bobby Morris. Uh, what was the one where the woman they got in trouble for the feminist T-shirt on the cover? Um, Ooh, um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, but she curious. was. A, I think she was a character on Shield or so. Anyways, um, that's Mockingbird is from. Shield. Is it Mockingbird? It's she's like, the. She's oh, the yeah, one. It's Mockingbird. Yeah, yeah. Mockingjay is the. Uh, is the movie with the what they the battle royale movie? What do they call those? Uh, um, the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games, yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, Mockingbird. Um, and I read that series, and I was kind of into it. Like, I liked yeah. the way I was going, and then it just stopped. You know, and you're just I like... Heard, yeah, I heard that. That Some of those stuff get canceled. That's yeah. the thing that sucks. They just, like, they get canceled. Um, friend of mine, friend of my show, uh, David Walker. Um, yeah. He, he was writing a Tarzan, a Planet of the Apes for a while. I thought that that was kind of cool. Nice. And uh, they just canceled that, and it's all out of print now. And, you know, it's... That's, that's what I hate more, is even when it... Like, because if something gets canceled early, sometimes they're able to at least do somewhat of a wrap-up. Right. When they... To figure it out. But when something goes out of print, that makes me so sad. Because not only something is canceled, but it's, like, canceled. Right. It's, like, gone. It's gone. Yeah. And so, it's, you know, it becomes, like... And then it becomes, like, collector crap. And, like, and, and, and yeah. collector culture is something I actually try to avoid. So... I grew up in punk rock and yeah. punk rock records and and all that stuff. It's, it's there's just so much of it. <laughs> I like how you're saying that. And then if you were to look, if you look to your 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 left and your right and by me, I am a huge collector. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, there's a, I think there's a difference between owning things you like yeah. and collector culture, um, which is trying yeah. to get out of print stuff and things are expensive and things are. I was I started to do that and then I've in the last I don't know. Six months of kind of gotten out of that. I think it's a, I think it's really like it, I, I don't like materialism that becomes like sport. Exactly. You know, and I think that that's the you know like you know I sold records on eBay. I have like thousands and thousands of punk records, and um, for a while I was and you would yeah. you and you would just watch people like. Like, you know, like I had really early, like at the drive-in records, which are really popular. And like, I, you just like watch people in Japan spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on, on these records. And, you know, like, Hey, you know, bully for me, but I'm getting the money. But on on the other hand, I'm like, this is kind of gross. A little bit. Yeah. Because you're really like, like, okay. Like the, it's, it's cool to own something. Yeah. But I I don't know. I just kind of get to this point with like. Like yeah, buy the buy the comic book. Like this is like a collection of like of omnibuses and graphic novels and yeah. things like that. And that's that's a very different thing than like here's the first pressing of of this record, and they've really or like some record, some punk rock record companies, even ones that I like and yeah. the people who are like no idea. Like they will like release different every every repressing is a different color or whatever. Yeah, and it kind of just creates this sort of like. This kind yeah. of like gross materialism that's like as much as I love having like 
property and stuff like not owning too much stuff is also amazing you know it's true you know well I mean? even even this collection i have i am i every once in a while i'll kind of like look over something again there's things i've sold that i liked right but like i recently sold the entire series of chew because i enjoy that series but i was also like both times i've i only i only i only reread it for an episode of the podcast right and I enjoy the series, but I don't see myself going back and re-enjoying it. So I'd rather someone else enjoys it. And, you know, and I think it is like a little bit of a leftover from like, you know, from like our great grandparents or our grandparents where everything yeah. had a tremendous value, mm-hmm. like owning things, like owning books, like you better like, like, I mean, like having like, like, and this isn't to dig on what anybody owns or whatever. Like if, yeah. if you enjoy having a ton of paperback books on your on your shelves then by all mean i'm not not telling you but for me like having like cheap paperback books that are essentially worthless just yeah. piles in your house just kind of like i don't know at it's some point it's unnecessary and like like i still have tons of punk rock records and i've actually been thinking about the last couple of like weeks it's like you know maybe next year i think i'm just gonna yeah. sell them all you know and maybe yeah. you know and just kind of just move on from 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 this from that you know just having like i like having them and i have some really cool stuff but like a i don't listen to it a lot yeah b like i i have to question like why owning it makes me happy you know what i mean yeah. like why knowing i have all the original hot water music records and or all the original dillinger four punk stuff and if you're a yeah. punk you know that stuff's cool to have but it's like but like, but is, why is it cool to have? Like, I mean, I'm yeah. not listening to it. It just sits there and I know that I have it and that's about it. You know what I mean? It's like, I, yeah. don't, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird thing, you know? It's true. And I, I, so I'm at this point, the thing that I wasn't at for a little while um, was I'm at this point where like I, for a while I was buying stuff and I was like, I don't want anyone to borrow it because it's so expensive, mm-hmm. you know? But I'm at this point where, like, I haven't done this yet, but I'm almost like there's certain series that if I was to loan it someone and they really like it, I might just give it to them. Right. Because it's that concept of, like, there's something like something that I really respected from uh, Adam Posse. I had him on the first episode of this season two. And he was talking about we were talking we talked about uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. He said he enjoyed it so much that he was hanging out with someone. And he's like, hey. I really love this book here. Right. I want you to love it. Yeah. Sure. I want you to experience this. You know, it's, it's more important of that. And I had this, I had this discussion with someone recently where it's like human community specifically having a good sense of community is so important to me that one of the reasons why I love this doing this podcast is I get to experience a book with someone else. We're not, obviously we're not reading it together at the same time, but being able to have the conversation on it and to see what we both thought. And there's even times where like, there's an, like cowboy Ninja Viking was a book I did. I, I read, did an episode on with uh, Matt Franco. We both hated it. <laughs> and that was fun in itself. Cause sure. we got to dig on this book that we both, right. that no, no, no sway to anyone who like, you know, actually enjoys that piece of shit, but like, right. <laughs> it's, but, but it's also, I mean, like, yeah, you, know, you can totally no, And I, and I get that. It's like, yeah, it's like the sharing of things, you know, I mean, I mean, if I'm going to get real deep about it, yeah. like, 
like items rotting on shelves are yeah. dead. Yeah. I would rather like if I have a great record, it would be better. Yeah. If somebody who appreciates this record had it. I had a friend who was really into a couple of the records I had. Like I yeah. had um um I had some like out of pre- uh, out of print stuff on like the Lillingtons and all this sort of stuff and he was like really into it and kind of mm. kicked it around him buying it every now and then. I was like, "No, nah, I don't want to sell it." Yeah. And then um and then one day I really needed brakes on my car. Yeah. And I was broke. Mm. And um I hit him up and I'm like, hey man, do you want to like trade for breaks for these records? Yeah. And um and you know, I don't like it, it's weird to trade things because particularly that car is gone <laughs> and the record yeah. says so, but like but the reality is is like he's like, Hey, do you want the do you want the money for it? And you could just go get that. And I'm like, No, 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 no. You go pick up the brake parts yeah. and bring them to me and I'll give you the records. Yeah. Like I don't want the money. I don't want any like yeah. I just want you go and he's like, All right. Um, but, but in the end, like I wasn't listening to those records mm-hmm. and he does. Yeah. And it is just like, if you have a guitar or a snowboard or a thing that you just have in a corner that you just haven't decided to get that thing, like if it's just dead somewhere yeah, where it could, somebody could be using it or reading it or listening to it and things like that. It's just better to like, like, like give things life. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like, why, like. Like, like a book on a shelf is like, it's, it's kind of sad because it's yeah. like, if I can just give it like, like with like posse, you know, um, um, like if he just like, like, like he gave it to that person, that person had it where like, he would have been like, yeah, I love this and put it on a shelf where you can love something and not yeah. own it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, can, you can say like, I mean, the question, because the questions we have to ask ourselves is how often are we rereading these things? How often yeah. are we listening to these records? How long often are we, you know what I mean? Like, what are, yeah. like, what are, are or are we just satisfied with owning things? Because owning things is like, gives us control. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of like, a, it's kind of a thing, you know? But at the same time, I mean, terrible, terrible example, because one way or the other, that this has kind of, so Fight Club, for example, mm-hmm. it's inspired a lot of shitty people, mm-hmm. let's be honest. But the message behind it is actually the, that message. And I think it, I don't remember if it was in the book, but I know it was in the movie where he's talking about like the more you own, it starts to own you. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's a great message. Maybe not great. Like I still enjoy that movie, but I it's it's like Fight Club is like Rick and Morty and a few other things where like I hate totally. the fans. Well, I mean, I think like I think the movie um, and the book for that matter and the and, um, comic book for that matter um yeah um yeah i mean it's definitely like an incel anthem at this point and like yeah it's it's, it's really unfortunate because i don't know if that was necessarily i think the idea behind it which is like are we are we is there some sort of like primal need in us have we really lost who we are because we're more but on the other hand it is sort of like it's like so it's like you know, man. Maybe there's nothing wrong with having like cool, yeah. cool, delicious condiments, and like, no. and like, you know what I mean? And like a well, and an IKEA, you know what I mean? An IKEA, even, you know I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, well, even okay. So like, even even the book, even that though. Like you watch it, and there it's there's a sense of irony behind everything. Where you even even shows like even in the book in the movie where you have, for example, uh, uh is it Bobby? Is that, is that Meatloaf's character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Paulson. Robert, yeah. Robert Paulson. There's a scene where he dies, and there, you know, because there's the concept. There's a there's a moment where 
spoiler to anyone who has never seen or read the book that's been out for over 20 years. Um, but where Jack realizes that Tyler Durden is this other personality, you know, mm-hmm. there's that scene where like Bob, Robert Paulson dies and all of the characters are so up in their own asses, essentially about this whole movement that they're doing that they don't look at anyone as an individual anymore. Right. And so even then, even in, even in the source, you see that like they're showing, they're kind of showing like within this, this is a story. This is for entertainment. This is interesting. This is whatever, but even this isn't the right way to go. Right. You know, like it's, it's, it's like, um, it's fascinating because uh, a very controversial person figure recently is Alan Moore mm-hmm. for certain people because he is very upset with a lot of his body of work because he's realizing people are getting the wrong message from a lot of his mm-hmm. stuff. And unfortunately, he doesn't know how to say that without sounding like a pompous asshole. Right. But that's where it is. It's like the, it's this thing where I thought it was really funny because um, mutual friend posted being upset about Alan Moore saying something about like comic books being infantile or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I love comic books. I enjoy it, but I also, it's entertainment. I look at it in the way that I understand that this is me embracing a side of my inner child that I just let live on, you know, like even I'm saying this on a podcast sure. I have about comic books, but I also, I can understand where he's coming from because there, there right. for sure is a side right now um, where humanity as a whole, we're all kind of in a, a lot of, a lot of people right now for one reason or another are kind of stuck in this level of teenage angst mm-hmm. where like on one side, I love it because as a creative person, we're more, there's a more an embrace to embrace that creativity, but there's also a little bit of like, a lot of people don't know how to be an adult anymore. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and, and I do, I think, um, as somebody who rides the line between yeah. like super responsibility adulthood, like you know, yeah. I've been a manager at my job for years. Right now, mm-hmm. I can like I I run you know the produce department at three different grocery stores. I um you know I deal very heavily with like the farming and produce yeah. markets. I um, I deal with a lot of that. I am a very active and involved father. Yeah. I um I I work on my truck. I uh, like I just replaced a broken window on my truck with my, mm-hmm. own, my own bare hands. I, you know, and and all those responsible, but I also like. I'm also somebody who has never really. I, I actually, um, my I have something I wrote that I kind of feel is um, kind of brilliant um, is that um, <laughs> is a, I don't believe that I don't believe in teenage angst. I just believe there's the time before they broke you. Yeah, and you yeah. know, and I kind so I kind of feel like it's okay to be angsty. Like okay. I kind of feel like you can ride that line between both things and sort of like i mean like i'm an angsty dude like i mean it's just the way i am you know what i mean like i grew up with you're you're an elder punk yeah it makes sense exactly you know we're just we just (laughs) uh, you know what i mean like i yeah and i you know and i think that the world specifically like i mean i think there's the I think and with and without angst, we kind of just like go, okay, we're just going to get in the boat. And then it's just, just a sour For sure. Dance, for know? sure. No, I, I, and I don't, I don't agree that people should just shut up and embrace mediocrity. And, and, I, know, and I know, and I know that's not what you're saying. I'm just, I'm just saying for myself that there's a window in that where you want to be yeah. a responsible human being who handles their shit. And, but on the flip side, it's okay. Like, I mean, I'm like, I, you know, I still wear punk rock shirts. I still 
still got yeah. tattoos. I still like. I still dress like well, I'm freaking sixteen. You know what I mean? The like concept of like, but the way I look at it is like, you don't have to embrace. Um, <laughs> you don't have to be like a straight edge punk, so to speak. You know, sure. Uh, you don't have to be Jason Siegel's character and uh, SLC Punk too. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. About yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I, yeah. I, no, like, no, I think that right. I think that there's like, and that's what I'm saying. There's a window where you can be like a quote unquote grown up, and yeah. you can also well, be somebody who still still feels. You know what I mean? I, I, my, my thing is, is I guess, um, as a person, as someone who is sort of going through a metamorphosis into, I'm just, I'm growing. That's all I'm doing. I'm growing as a human being. I'm mm-hmm. becoming a better person. And there is this outlook that I have of kind of what you're saying. You know how to take care of yourself. I think that there's this concept sometimes where people are so stuck on the angsty side, though, where they start realizing that, like, to help people out, you do need to be able to take care of yourself. You need to be able to be okay mm-hmm. because you because you know, and being not being a hindrance on other people. Um, and I'm not judging anyone who is in a rough spot because people, everybody gets through whatever. But if you have the ability to, um, and the gumption to be a better person, so you can help those that don't have that capability as much, you're gonna make the world a better place. Right, sure. Now I'm not like conservative. Pull your boots by your bootstrap. No matter where you're at, you know, if you're, you know, I, I'm not that person. But I also understand the certain level of responsibility as a person mm-hmm. that I'm just like, obviously, I'm talking about this stuff, but I'm still hosting a podcast about comic books, you know, right, sure. <laughs> I'm still embracing the arts. I'm still doing these things. I'm still doing these things that like, you know, I'm not, I'm not the parents from Footloose, you know? <laughs> sure. Well, and I mean, I think that's like, you know, somebody in forties who's got my kids, it's like, well, like, you know what I mean? But I'm doing like stand up, and I'm. I'm hosting a horror podcast and I, you know, I do all yeah. these things and it's like, I mean, a lot of guys my age are like, what, they're getting into like fucking Civil War reenactment and shit. You know what I mean? And that's just like, and that's just like, and that's just like not going to be my life. You know what I mean? Like, that's just. And I wouldn't want it to be. Right. I mean, that's just what I, you know what I mean? So like, I, I kind of like, you know, there's like a, there's a part of me that's like, you know, like. I would maybe grow up more if growing up was way cooler. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, I mean, and I think that's kind of part of the problem is, is like, as the narrative has been and as it's been placed for us, like, yeah, like, I don't know. I just look at like that world as like really exhaustive and like really, like, <laughs> for sure. And really like, like a lot of people just definitely follow falling in line. And now that being said though, like yeah. if, if you're a kid, you're like, if you're like still eating pizza rolls and like, <laughs> yeah. and like, and like, and like playing video games all day and stuff like that, like, I'm not going to like diss on your life. Yeah. Cause like everybody's going to needs to, you know, I, I don't want to judge journeys, but like, no. but, but also like, I would hope that like, you, like you find more value in what you possibly <laughs> exactly. be doing. You know, my kids got, old enough to sort of self-sustain so i didn't need to be home and present i'm like you know what i'm gonna get it. i know it's a little late to start but i'm gonna get super into stand-up yeah and you know stand-up's been i'm doing well with you are you, you you've you've noticeably become funnier as just like just from like even seeing you and because i remember even not like maybe a couple of years ago you're talking about kind of struggling through stuff and, and i always 
always found you funny beforehand, but it's nice to see you flourish more. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, a, I'm in a really good place right now. I'm, I'm being, you know, I'm, I'm, um, it's it's coming together a little bit, and I, you know, I put yeah. and I put a lot of work into it, and you know, and I think there's actually like a maturity to the immaturity. Well, that's yeah, what I, yeah. that's see, that's where that's that's kind of the point I'm 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 coming across is not that I don't think that anybody should be within a box. Right. Because even even right now, as I'm literally sitting, looking like a 33-year-old person because I'm wearing a sweater and, like, mm-hmm. I look nice right now, doesn't mean that, like, I – it's this concept of, like, there is a level of when it becomes maturity, when you realize that you're a grown-ass man or a grown-ass mm-hmm. woman or non-binary or whatever, um, is that moment – when you realize that it's not really on anyone else to let your have your dreams fulfilled, basically. Right. It's on sure. yourself. If yeah. you want to be a pop star that dresses up in rainbow and do all these kind of fun things that some people might look at adolescent, but you're making a lot of money and you're wearing a lot of work into it, hell yeah. I don't know how you knew my next my next goal was to be a pop star who dresses in rainbow. I think, uh, you know, I just, I just, I just knew you. you know, <laughs> I, just I just got that. You. I just give that vibe. <laughs> um, yeah. And you're like, I'm guessing like, like one of those, like those wigs that old ladies wear that's mm-hmm. like, you know, fluorescent and everything. Yeah, I, I can see it. I'm seeing it right now. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, like a rainbow beard. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a, that's a hot look anyways. And I, yeah. and I think I can really sell it. I, I I just I just feel like you're gonna you know I, you're you're in a I just feel like you're gonna be swamping in too much pussy and I th- you're like already in a relationship right now and I think yeah, that's gonna I mean, cause some problems it's a, you know it's a it's yeah. a it's a whole thing um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about Joe Hill for a second yeah so we we read uh, something I really enjoyed the this is a basket full of heads by mm-hmm. Joe Hill it's a part of a new line. Um, I don't know if it's still going on, but it's called Hill House Comics. Mm-hmm. It's correlated by Joe Hill, which um, if, if you don't know who Joe Hill is, yeah, Joe Hill's real name is Joseph King. Yes, who and his son might be a person you've heard of. His before. father, his, or excuse me, his father, <laughs> is somebody you've heard of, uh, uh, Stephen King. Stephen, um, yep. What I think is funny is that he changed his name. So okay, you don't want to ride in your dad's coattails. Yeah. That's cool. But what I do think is funny about that is that he also but writes in his dad's universe. Yes. So so like not only does he he write in his dad's universe, but he also writes very Stephen Kingy sort of yeah. sort of things. Yeah. And uh, this isn't a dig on Joe Hill because he's because I actually really I, appreciate. I gotta him. be honest; it's probably because his name is Joe King. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah that might. That might that, no, that's. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, but yeah. that's. A, I just think it's funny that he changed his name, but like yeah. everything else is like identical to his dad. There's literally a reference in this book to Shawshank Prison. Well, that's where the people. It's where the bad guys are. Yeah. 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 Or from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like. Yeah. So it's uh you know, that Shawshank Prison lives um, pretty uh, heavily in that world in that universe and um, yeah yeah so um, yeah basketball heads um, I think it was. Um, Really, like, an ideal comic for me, um, anyways, uh, being yeah. a horror guy. Absolutely. Hosting a horror podcast, um, being the son of Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot like... it. The whole story has a very... 
creep show sort of vibe to yeah it. it's very like and also it has like a whole lot of decapitations and, it does uh, and um which is fun i mean like i mean like for being such kind of like a, a gnarly reality thing it's yeah. the best when it's fake you know what yes. i mean you know like like fake like fake decapitations are like mm-hmm. fake cops like, <laughs> like 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 cops in movies great yeah cops in real life terrible cops uh, decapitation cops in this, though terrible as terrible, well. terrible in this yeah, they, yeah i mean he's i mean they're they're, they're doing good at that but like yeah i don't want to see a decapitation in real life you know what i mean i've no. seen some videos of them no, when yeah. i was younger and i was like i don't need to see this crap anymore and uh yeah like i mean i grew up on rotten.com and all that crap but like at some point like i, re- I retired <laughs> Live that. Leaks. I, yeah. I just just retired like i don't need to yeah. watch any more suffering i get it like the world's terrible yeah. um you know i mean there's a lot of suffering and i don't need to see any more of it um for sure i i believe that it's terrible do you know what i mean like nobody has to be like hey watch yeah i didn't watch george floyd people are like oh you should probably watch i'm like why would i want to watch that like there's like you don't have to convince me that this was awful like I, precisely you know what yeah. i mean like i don't need i don't need to like I don't need to put myself through that. And then on a uh, NPR or not NPR, but a KBU show that I hosted for a while, we yeah. interviewed the woman, the girl who took that video. Yeah, and the and the trauma that they both endured from her and her sister took uh, endured from it. And it's um, yeah, I just I don't need that. But when you take it yeah. and you put it in fiction, and then it's a controllable thing and it's stuff like that, like seeing a head get chopped off with an axe is just amazing. It's so I love it in horror movies. Yeah, this. Uh, so the artist on this is, let me see here. It's uh, I think Leo Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's Joe Hill with the art by Leo Max, and then Dave Stewart, who is a colorist from Portland, actually. Mm. And I really like his stuff because he's actually he he's worked with. Um, the colorist has worked with uh, Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino, and I'm, he's becoming one of my favorite horror colorists mm. lately because he yeah. has a very nice subdued. There's not. There's a lot of. Um, what's the best way to put this? There's a lot of just straight one color. There are some moments where they they add you know slight different different like mm-hmm. uh, blending of colors, but there's a lot of the art in itself is so good that you can just add one color and then occasionally add a little bit for shading sure and to make it look wonderful just fantastic it's a lot of blue gray and then yeah. big bright pops it's a it's a good it's a really good it's really well done and it's mm-hmm. a it's a beautiful comic book and it's really really well written and it's uh absolutely uh, um and it's kind of a cool fun story i mean it's i mean like the story itself is a little like I mean, it's definitely the story's built or like I, I believe the idea first was to have like let's have a woman chopping off people's heads with an axe, yeah. and they kind of worked back from that. But um, but it's like how can we put her in a scenario where that's happening? <laughs> yeah. um, um, but it's uh, but like uh, as a writer myself, I mm-hmm. I you can kind of see that in things like is the like this didn't come like this part was the first part, and yeah. Then, and then they were like, okay, let's put this in a scenario. Um, well, and this is my favorite kind of horror um, because even though there are supernatural elements, there's like a level of crime in here. Mm-hmm. There's a level of kind of regular – like if you didn't have an axe that maintains the the vitality of the person in their head right. where they're still somehow alive while rotting, um, this could be something that could happen in a regular world. Sure. Everything else. And I like that because it's that – 
close enough to reality and it's horror in the aspect that things crazy things are happening and there's there's suspense and everything else like that but it's not so like as much as i love uh a supernatural horror and like a a ghost story or something else like that i also really enjoy something that is scary because if you were in that situation mm-hmm. it would be terrifying sure especially because this is the story of a girl who her boyfriend is, was a cop for like the summer right you know she's she gets broken into who appears to be an escape prisoner there's more they they find out as, she finds out as it goes along but she's dealing with like a corrupt town corrupt small town kind of situation yep. There's almost like a um, – I'm trying to think of a great example of – weirdly enough, like not as obscene or far, but you ever seen uh, – uh, I think it's Too Much Trouble with uh, Dan Aykroyd. Oh, it's uh, Nothing But Trouble. Nothing But Trouble. <laughs> nothing but yes, trouble, yeah. Nothing But Trouble. It's like – that was a cartoony version of this, but like right. it's that concept where like everything in the town is is more fucked up than it, than it ends sure. up having to be. This would actually make a really good, like, campy horror. Like, this is a kind of a classic horror comic, which is what I really yeah. like because it's got. I mean, if you can chop off a head and it talks, it would be like an amazing, like, creep show sort of mm-hmm. thing if they gave it, like, the long formed uh, Tales from the Crypt sort of uh, treatment. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, um, and I also like that the person chopping off heads is the. The good person is the. Is it's the pro, kind of is the, the protagonist. La- it's the last. It's the last girl, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the situation where, like, she's she's she is like noticeably attractive, and she is the kind of person who, in some things, would probably be killed really fast. Mm-hmm. But she's the protagonist. It's there is this level of like female empowerment that I really like in this because she's not she's not a perfect person. In fact, she there's a couple times where she's like easily sure. uh, confused about things. But she, as she goes on, she has there's a there's a an arc right. for her and growing as a person as this night gets well, worse and worse and like and like some of the things that she's like confused about are like actually like realistic like yeah. if you were in one of these situations like i killed this guy was he a good guy or a bad guy you exactly. know what I mean? you know what i mean like that was like i mean like that would be the situation for i think yeah. any of us. do i just go ahead and just kill this person because like it's the safe bet or or am i yeah you know what i mean like it's like i think that there's you know, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a good. I mean, I, I bought them like a few weeks ago when I did. And I just like read them all right away, and mm-hmm. they were, um, you know, it's a, it's an intriguing tale, and um, I don't know. I really like it, and I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a, and not to like virtual signal or whatever it's called, but I really yeah. do like female leads, and it's just kind of like it's like, I don't know. It's refreshing for me to see yeah. like kind of like. How different people and different angles would would, would take well, this, and you know, and this is the this is the kind of I will say there are kind of two different kinds of female leads. This is the kind of female lead I like. Um, obviously, as a as a as a straight white male, there's there's a little bit of like maybe I should back off a little bit. But right. what I'm saying is, the best hero, whether it's female or male, whatever, is a flawed person that you can relate to going through something that you can like one of my favorite uh, characters in just in sci-fi and horror is Ripley. Mm-hmm. I forgot her first name, but uh, or is that first or last name? No, it's a, uh, now you, now you bumped it out of my head. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, 
Oh boy, that's um, her last name. That's her last name, and, that's right? And yeah, and it's uh, it's gonna take me a second. But she's such a badass character, and she's such a great character because she feels like a real person. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who are complaining because there's characters like, like arguably the character Ray in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's kind of she's a little too cardboardy, and she gets her power so quickly. There's a level of like, what? How do I relate to this person? You know. I mean, I will say though that's consistent with the entire Star Trek series, Star Wars, Star, yeah. Star Wars series. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like it's. I also am not a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, I'm not. Like, you know, it's not yeah. that, like you know. So like, I'm from like I grew up watching those movies and them being huge. So it still still stings for me to say yeah. no. I'm not a I'm not a Star Wars fan, but. Yeah, I actually haven't even watched them all. I, yeah, yeah, I just kind of like I, I reach to the point of it, and like, yeah, like I like I liked the last movies or the one that I saw, mm-hmm. but like they destroyed another Death Star, which it was just like really, yeah, like I mean that's I mean how many, that's like <laughs> like how many Death Stars do you need to blow up? Um, I I I you know, and I get I kind of get to this. I don't know, like yeah, I mean it was terrible, like mm-hmm. like the the. I think all of the characters in that entire thing just really struggled with like characterization. Yeah, and, like they tried to give them like in, like backstories that. You know, but but even if you were to compare to like Luke Skywalker, who starts out as kind of this whiny kid mm-hmm. who eventually grows into his powers and everything else like that, he he's he doesn't really like he loses his arm. He has all these things happen to him. It, the biggest problem I think a lot of people had with Ray is that she is God mode. As soon as like within the first movie, right? Without any reason, right? Whereas like, and I would you know it's like I that's unrelatable as a human being. Sure, it's a cool concept, but it's that concept like I was talking about before with superhero with comics where I don't like like that same thing. I've sold that that storyline Wolverine because he felt too much too overpowered to whatever. I don't right. like that. I don't like those kind of characters. I like a flawed character. Sure. I like someone because you don't have to be a woman to be able to relate to a woman, a female character. No, absolutely. Um, Ripley is, is she's just a acted yeah. so well. She's a masterclass of writing a character. In my yeah, opinion. exactly. And, yeah. and just like, and, and so perfect. And uh, it's just, I mean, both the first and the second movie are like, um, and I do have an affinity for the third one for for whatever reason. Um, but uh, the 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 original cut or the extent the the altered. Well, the altered cut's better. But yeah, it's, but it's <laughs> but it's um, you know what I mean. It's a, for sure. It always is. Um, I interview a lot of um, you know uh, directors and producers, and um, yeah, and they will talk a lot about being chopped up. You know what I mean? And I, and like yeah. and about how like oh we need to do this or we need a time or like. Mm-hmm. And so, like, artistic visions, and I mean, and in some ways, I'm like, you know, like, cut the fat off stuff, because, like, I- I, I, I would I, argue uh, the Punisher, uh, the Thomas Jane movie, the mm-hmm. theatrical cut is better than the extended version. Hmm. They, I mean, the, that's probably, the, I mean, it exists, you know what yeah. I mean? And there's and there's reasons, some, some things, like- you know, I mean, I think as artists, we don't like to, I mean, like, I know, like, even like writing articles for the hard times, mm-hmm. like, you know, we have, you know, in between 350 and 400 words, which at times yeah. I get done writing it and it's like 600 words and I have to go back <laughs> through and like, and you know, I have to chop out jokes that I like, Yeah, you know what I mean? Well, even, I, even as writing jokes, you know, yeah. it, 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 it's fascinating to see the evolution of a joke because it goes from being so much fat 
to having no, to having almost sometimes no not enough fat so like you have to kind of elevate into you know you know my ham bit um you know i decided during the pandemic that i was going to write a 5 minute ham bit okay like it was just going to be 5 minutes on ham yeah and and now that bit is probably 65 seconds i mean it's yep. like you yeah. know i mean yeah. It's a, it's a good bit. Um, but I just like, you know, I wanted to like have this like long sort of like it was, and part of the funniness was going to be that I was still talking about ham and like, it's like, and it's ham. I mean, ham's funny in and of itself being Sam, you know what I mean? And it's like that, but was it that concept of like, it stops being funny and then it starts being funny again. It's just like, right. And I just wanted to do like this kind of like big like thing, but like, it just doesn't work. And it's so at some point, like. Uh, the good thing about being a stand-up is that you get direct results, <laughs> yeah. whether it's working or not. I mean, I think making a movie is a little tough, you know what I mean? But you can stand yeah. up there and and be saying this to, to people and be and like, even before I decided to like really chop the fat off of it. Yeah. I went through and I was like, oh, this concept of like this sort of epic ham yeah. joke is isn't gonna be isn't 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 getting fulfilled like i like i like and the what i was uh something i would share on that is um a great one of my favorite writers for comedy comedy writers is jim gaffigan especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to food but what i heard from him is that he realized pretty early on his best way to do it is to write a joke and then write another joke that is in the same formula because what he I mean, not everybody's this way some people do really long-winded stuff and then they just cut it down but what he realized is especially when you're doing that kind of material you kind of you have to be very punchy you have to keep on doing things so if you're writing something a bit to be five minutes sometimes you're probably going to fail because you're 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 thinking of it as all as like this is one bit whereas like sure. he has this concept and i've kind of adopted this a little bit too is this concept of like you have a bit and then you have another bit that you could either one of those bits you could tell by themselves basically right but they elevate it and it it elevates while still being a new joke it's yeah my dogs and cats a little series of jokes and i try to do that i try to write like three or four jokes per like subject so we can have little clusters of jokes and most of them are short jokes within the within the jokes and then they kind of like parlay into each other Mm -hmm. um I guess maybe what it came down to is I just didn't have five minutes of funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, I, like they didn't, they just didn't work the way I wanted them to. And, and maybe in like three years, you'll all of a sudden have 10 minutes of that. Who knows? Yeah, we, you know. never know what your journey is going to be. I, I you feel know? like, yeah, it's true. Maybe someday yeah. I'll wake up and I'll be like, man, I fucking. You have like your first, your first special is just called ham. Right. It's just like, I just didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't even think of like the Denver omelet. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Like, you know, so it's like, um, but no, I am. Yeah, yeah. no, I, uh, I actually just fixed a, fixed a problem in the ham bit. I, I've, uh, Hell yeah. I, I just actually like, I had been going with it for like over a year and there was like a, just a real dead spot. And I sat down and I'm like, I got to figure this out. Yeah. And I fixed it. Um, 
it's uh now the ham joke's pretty good it's i mean it's okay um, yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's uh it's still not my best joke but well i don't know it's, it could be, you know, it could be it doesn't have to be you know you know i mean i'm talking about ham you know what i mean and, and ham is delicious yeah so. speaking of chopped meat backs uh, basket full of beds <laughs> um I yeah I love I like this arc because it is this thing where like I one of my favorite things and I will spoil this is the reveal mm-hmm. of essentially her boyfriend because for the longest time you kind of they give this hope of like her boyfriend's the good guy right like they have this whole thing where a lot of what's reason why it, so it kind of starts off with he's about to retire for the summer after doing this. She's watching movies with him. They're hanging out, mm-hmm. kind of having a date night, and then someone breaks in, and she has to run away. And the whole the whole MacGuffin of the storyline essentially is that she is trying to rescue her boyfriend from these captors. Ends up that she chops his head off too, mm-hmm. because he's also a piece of shit. Yep. Because what it is is they think that what the whole thing is they think that he has these tapes that have been recorded. I love who they find you find out actually is. Yeah, she's she's such a sweet lady. Yeah, it's really it's really. Um, anyway, I don't want to get too into spoilers yeah. with it, yeah. but, but it's uh, but the the reveal is really good. I had kind of figured out the boyfriend thing early on. Yeah, I mean it was for just sure. Like, I, just because I'm a such a horror, like I just like. You know what I mean? Particularly, yeah. there's there's a video game quality to this too. Um, a little bit, uh, you know what I mean? Of the sort of journey, you know what I mean? Where it also it also reminds me a lot of. I haven't read the book, but I've seen the movie Horns, which is another yeah. book he another yeah. story he wrote. Yeah. It has a similar flow to it as that one does. Yeah, and I, w- I would call that like horror fantasy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like and like and it's like this. It is a lot a lot of the same thing, and then like the good guy's the bad guy. Yeah. It's yeah. A, um, but no, I, I liked basket full of heads. It's, it's a lot of fun. It is like, I, you know, as a horror fanatic, yeah. um, comic book horror is a big, big, I'm a big fan of well, comic books have in horror have had such a, um, intertwined relationship for mm-hmm. so long because comic horror, I mean, comic books arguably have been around since at least the. 20s i would say if not technically you have earlier because you have stuff like police news which was sure if you look at the um original like i had a live episode a while back where we talked about batman gotham by gaslight Mm -hmm. and i pulled up a bunch of stuff about jack the ripper and they were comic books on the front of a newspaper showing the murderers and all this kind of stuff sure and i love that honestly i love that that was at one point the way they just told the news but um but arguably, like the the most early pre code stuff, especially during like the forties and fifties, of all of this like EC horror and am I am I saying that right? EC? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I, just, I, I didn't want to say the wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but or creepy or all these different things and mm-hmm. and like horror has always been brutal in comic books. And there yeah. was an era where they kind of had to tone it down a little bit, especially like for DC and stuff. But they were still finding ways to get around it. Sure. Like, and and I think like the, in their ways to get around it, if you look from the old tales from the crypt and Vault of Horror and all that sort of stuff, is that House they, of Mystery, House of Mystery, is that they kind of made it. They did like an Anthony Jesselnik. Yeah. Which is it wasn't as dark because they made it like really absurd. 
Yes. And so that absurdity kind of led to this like sort of like campiness of like horror. And if you still to this day watch like the creep show movies yeah. and you watch or the tales from the dark side movie or the new creep show episodes that are on shutter. Um, evil dead is another evil. Great. Evil dad's a great <laughs> example where yeah. it's just like, I mean like evil dead is just gory as hell, but it's like, but it's, it's so tongue and well, at least the original, it's yeah. so tongue and so fun. It's so fun. Right. And I mean, my, you know, my like, favorite moment in the original evil dead. Okay. Is there's a scene so early on, one of the kind of more one of the reasons why the movie had NC 17 is there is a tree rape scene, mm-hmm. which is very it's kind of hard to watch, honestly. Yeah, sure. But later on in the movie, there's a scene where one of the where Ash's friend is walking from the forest and he's like, Don't go back, don't enter that forest. <laughs> so essentially they didn't show it, but that guy had the same experience. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> It's cool to hear Sam Raimi actually talk about that because he actually like, like rather than being like, I don't know why people are upset about it. He's actually like, man, yeah. like he's actually kind of like owns that maybe it, it didn't age well. And yeah, for some reason they had a, the tree rip scene in the remake too. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he, but he said, but he's, yeah, I guess they did. Yeah. But he said, but he said that, um, he said that he would have never meant to do it offend anybody or, no. or put anything in there. You know what I mean? And so like, it's a, it's a little hard to watch and it does get some, yeah. some hassle and it isn't in the second one, which is essentially a remake of the first one. And you know yeah. what I mean? Like when you had like a little bit more money and like a little bit more, it's a, it's a, one thing I love about those movies though, is it is a re it is in some ways a remake, but only for the first 20 minutes. Right. Um, what there, there's a thing that I, um, I would love to do one day is, get a rip of each one of the movies. Cause there is a way there's a scene in each film. And I think he actually purposely did this or, 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 or at least he was trying to recreate certain things. So there's a way that you could cut each film at a certain point and just seamlessly integrate the other movie into it. So you could make all the way from evil dead one to army of darkness into one long movie. <laughs> that would be pretty rad. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, honestly. So I really like this basketball heads because it, it it does follow in that vibe, and it, you know what I mean. And clearly, um, Stephen King, who if anybody doesn't know, was a, a huge part of the Creepshow movies. Yes, um, you, you know, was able to pass that torch onto his kid, and um, that's pretty cool. I'm kind of into this era of like. Um, you know, Cronenberg's kid is making really yep. good, really good. Yeah, body. I saw that. I saw that new movie. I forget what this was called, but the new Cronen, the one yeah. from his son with, uh, um, what are you talking about? Possessor. Yeah. Yeah. Possessor yeah, is I, in, in the last five years. I mean, I got a, I got a, a list of course, but Possessor is yeah. one of the best. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's just like a perfect horror film and it's, it's a lot of fun and, well, and I think the thing is, uh, is some of these movies, some people might not find 100% like, like, I think there's a, there's a misnomer when it comes to horror where it has to be like, you, you basically have an epileptic seizure from how scared you are from the movie. Right. But like, there is just, there's a level of eeriness and and it's like, this is not okay. Uh, you know, you know, so the thing so the misconception with horror a yeah. lot is that horror is one thing. Yeah. 
where horror follows, it's like there are dramatic horrors. Yeah, you know what I mean. The like oh, the old, all the old school like Victorian horror is all like really like dramas, and like those, a lot of those ghost stories are dramas. And the, yeah, there's action movie horrors, which are yeah. like slashers are action mm-hmm. movie horrors. You know, and well, it's you know, so it's like when people are like, oh, this isn't scary. It's like there is scary horror, but horror isn't a. It's, horror doesn't have anything to do with fear. No, it's it's it, there can be scary horror, mm-hmm. um, but that's uh, you know we talk a lot about what horror is on our horror podcast, and uh, like the you know we have a, a question that we ask of every guest of like what's yeah. the difference between thriller and horror, and mm-hmm. you know my answer to that question is is that horror deals with the concept of evil, yeah. like a tenacious evil. Mm-hmm. And so however that comes across, like, you know, like Jaws is tenacious evil and, yeah. and Jason is tenacious evil and, you know, and however that like, and, you know, like you, and then people. So, so would you consider, cause I think that um, seven oftentimes is considered as a thriller, but I would almost argue in that way, it's more of a horror movie. I mean, I think we we've we've talked about it on the show that seven is we we would classify it as a horror. Yeah. I mean, it's a police procedural, which mm-hmm. lends itself to being a thriller a little bit more because, you know, um, but ultimately the the like it's it's a horror film. Yeah. I mean, like, well, like Silence of the Lambs is a horror movie uh, in the form of a thriller. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean. There's a lot of those, like, you know, Fatal Attraction is a good one. Fatal Attraction yeah. is kind of a classic thriller, but if you, like, mm-hmm. look at it, like, it's kind of a horror movie, too. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and so, like, I mean, she's definitely, like, if you if you turned her into a monster yeah. that wouldn't, like, those boiling rabbits, you'd be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. man, this is, like, yeah. it, this is, this is messed up. And so it's, um, um, this is a horror movie, but so, you know, it's, a, the, but so, like, the, like, Tenacious Evil is, like, sort of, like, the, to, the, to me, the, what makes something a horror. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, um, I don't forget where I was going with that, but, but it's, uh, but it's, um. We're talking about the difference between horror and thriller. Yeah. And that's, yeah. so that's, it's like, um, you know, so we talk a lot about that on the, on the show because it is kind of like nice to break it down. And, you know, I mean, and it's like, not all horror is going to be scary. Not no. all, not all horror is going to be action packed. A great example of this. I don't know if you've read it. I did an episode with Brian Bigsby. Otherwise I would have probably had you do this comic. Uh, it's ice cream man. Right. The ice cream man. Have you read that comic? Yeah, I haven't read the comic, but I'm, it is so good. Right. It is, it is, it is vibrant horror. Right. It is, it is, it's in a, it's, it's everything about it. All the colors are pastel. All, it looks like, you know, like a, like, cause you know, it's like Tim Burton where Tim Burton will have these really dark darks and then really bright brights. Like a great example of this was, um, Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. That movie is, is a character coming out of a horror movie into a suburban mm-hmm fantasy essentially yeah, it's fantastical horror yeah. oh yeah, yeah fantastical horror that's what that's what the ice cream man oh, cool. is yeah. and it has a lot of like elements of i mean there's literally gore and stuff like that but so, there's literally like so, one of the issues is there's there's ran i'm trying to think like there's stuff like a like it's literally just a married couple arguing and then you see like there's a whole thing to do with um like these drug addicts and sort of like the conglomeration, but behind it, there's still this foreboding presence who is the ice cream man, who's essentially like right. a demon, almost like a uh, crypt creeper style character mm-hmm. that has some sort of malevolent force that's kind of guiding hmm. everything. It's, it's one of my favorite comics. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, 
but, but no, but uh, yeah, I uh, but I freaking love horror. So. I I liked uh, Basketful of Heads specifically because it was so much fun to read. Yeah, it's super fun. It is, and I that's for me horror is fun. If I well, entertainment in general should be fun. I think mm-hmm. so. Like, if I'm watching a horror movie and I'm just bored and it's like just trying too hard to be scary and everything else like that. I'm not as into it. Sure. And I mean, and that's, a, that's you know, there's a lot of, uh, I am very good. I very rarely get bored in things. Like yeah. I, I, um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm more bored. It, it, this is like a funny part of me, but like yeah. I get more bored. Like, like I don't get bored at all watching baseball or hockey yeah. or soccer but I get kind of bored watching basketball or I get, or I get kind of (laughs) bored in just action films that like, like I just kind of like, unless it's like something like rad, like John wick where they were able to like, like to elevate it to something like super cool and super fun. Otherwise just watching like kind of similar scenarios that Mm. we've seen a lot of like the Michael Bay stuff. Yeah. Like exactly. I can't, I can't even watch it. Like I just like, I just stare at my phone. My least favorite part of every superhero movie is the big action pack sequence I, I just i just like i just kind of just am just not that dude and like, yeah and so like i can i can sit and watch like um you know like a uh, bly manor um which is, i think uh, mike flanagan makes great great movies he did he did all those uh, his, netflix series yeah his netflix i've been really did you watch his newest one i, uh, I haven't watched midnight club completely yet. it's fun yeah i like it's super it. fun it's super like it's it's for a younger demographic which is kind of cool but it's um yeah um i've watched the first couple of episodes actually um yeah. i watched it all in like two days but. yeah i am um <laughs> But like Bly Manor, like everybody's like, it's so slow. And I'm like, I don't know. I thought it was fascinating. I, like, I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it was like really well done and really great. And like people were like, oh, it wasn't really that scary. It didn't have that much horror. And I'm like, I don't know. Like to me, well, that feels like a lot of that. What he was like sort of channeling there was like that, like a lot of like, like uh, that era of horror, which was, was it Midnight Gospel was that his other Midnight show? Mass. Midnight Mass. Yeah. That's right. Midnight Gospel is something. I don't remember yeah. what that is, but uh, Midnight Mass. I loved it. It was a slow burn. It was I, great. I loved Midnight Mass. It's actually my favorite. I, I am a big fan of a lot of his work. Um, he his elements of like body horror and stuff like that. Well, are really it's cool. his. It seems like the most his his idea because it's the first one that wasn't based off of the existing thing. It's, I mean, he's done other stuff. Right. He did like Hush and some other right. stuff like that. Yep. But it's his first series that wasn't based off of anything previous, and so it was him both taking the elements of things he really likes because he has a very similar to Stephen King figure, even when he's not sure. adapting or adapting Stephen King. Yeah. Um, and midnight mass was just such a great impactful story. And my favorite, it was some of my favorite stuff is the human elements of horror. Right. So when you have this town and they're going through all this stuff and sure. one of my favorite co- horror comics actually is a series called girls. Have you ever heard of it? I have. It's about basically there is these, this, um, alien race of women of women who all look identical and they're very attractive women and the idea is that they're constantly trying to breed um and so it's this concept there's a little bit of like uh angst against women but they're at the same time you start it starts being more empowering when they start kind of show like sure. how the women are reacting to all this kind of stuff and they start start be it's almost like the point of like they stop trusting the men in the town right because <laughs> they keep on trying they keep on having sex with these these alien girls that are all naked that are 
super attractive that lay eggs that only just make more of them. There's like a giant sperm mm-hmm. at the end, which is awesome. Is like awesome. it's so much fun. It's a really fun uh, uh, um, small town horror, and I, I love. I love that's what I loved about um, Midnight Mass was I love when you have a group of different people with different existing problems mm-hmm. and you get to see just the 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 omelet, the, the, the smorgasbord of trauma sure. and fear and joy and everything else. And just you see these people going through this rough time and how it impacts and changes them and makes them either better or worse people. Right. Um, now I think that that's like, well, I mean, and that's what, you know, I mean, like in the walking dead, they were the walking dead. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the, that's the, that's the idea like behind like, um, you know, like a lot of horror is like, what is the human element dealing with? Like this, like oppressive evil, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's like kind of like in, you know, um, I will say that while Hill House, um, I would strongly suggest everybody read Hill House uh, because yeah. it is it's very 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 different than the uh, than the show the, yeah. the, than the show. The um, I mean the and there was actually a part of me that didn't that wished that Hill House is a semi important novel in yeah. feminist circles because it's um it's not in feminist circles but just in feminist feminist literature yeah because it was a horror written by a woman and it's really about female independence and and you know like a woman who feels trapped and took a yeah. mother and she goes she gets invited to go to this like this you know thing and she like you know and it's it's like a whole thing about that and they really. Yeah, they really just use the names and sort of maybe the bones of the. Um, I would say the the Bly Manor, which was the Taming of the Shrew, was a better agree. way, a better way to go about it. Yeah, yeah. and um, um, and that isn't to dig on Flanagan, although it was an important message of Hill House, and I think that, that yeah. was altered, which is which is a, which can be a little unfortunate. Um, I love the fact this is also part of the comic we we're talking about is also part of a line called. Hill yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I could talk about horror. I do talk about horror for hours and hours on end. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, I mean, I interview people all the time about horror stuff. So yeah. Uh, so on a uh, on a scale of one to ten uh, severed heads, what would you give this comic? Hmm, that's good. I would give it. I would give it nine. You know nine? what I mean? Nine, yeah. I mean, it's it's very good. I it's mean, incredible. It's yeah. incredible. Actually, I mean, I could even go. I, like, I hate to give something a ten just because I'm just that way. But like, but yeah. it's but uh, I should write for Pitchfork or something. But no, but no, it's a. <laughs> but no, actually, you know what? No, you know what? I'm gonna give it a ten because okay. I think because it did exa- it did exactly what it was geared to do. It, yeah. It's very well written. The art is beautiful. The the story is fun. It's um fun, but like. Like driven it's mm-hmm. um i don't know it's a, it's a very very good you know a good comic book and it's a very good story it would make a great movie i think you've convinced me too i'm gonna give it a 10 yeah because I'll, I'll, i'm gonna say this for right now this podcast unintentionally is helping me sort through my collection right and so sometimes <laughs> if something isn't something that i will because there are books that i have sold and gotten rid of that i'm like i thought i love this or i thought i'd like it and like it was okay but i don't see this enhancing my life. This is a book I'm going to revisit. Sure. I'm also really excited because he just released a sequel 
which I believe is about a different character getting the axe. Hmm. Okay. Um, it's called sure. uh, Closet Full of Heads, which I'm really excited to check out. Um, and the fact is that I kind of like this idea of having that um, almost like the mask from the mask sure. comic it's or right. something like that, where like there's a P there's an item that is passing between different people. Yeah, no, I like that too. Yeah. And I think it also is another one where it's a female led storyline. Cool. So, and um, you know, Stephen King has uh, grown into being also a really cool human too. And, and his son, that's is really awesome. Good. Yeah. And I kind of like, I, there's a part of me that doesn't want to like, wants his son's work to stand on its own, but he doesn't let us do that because he has decided that he's, you know, so. That said, I mean, Joe Hill, the first thing, my first introduction to Joe Hill was Lock and Key, the comic mm-hmm. book. Yep. Um, I have some issues with this show, but that's that's my own thing. Sure. Um, but the comic is a near-perfect horror comic. Yeah, it's It is good. so good. It was the first thing, my first inter- inter- introduction to him. Too. Yeah. And that does stand on its own. It yeah. doesn't seem like it it might be a part of the bigger universe. I don't think it is. I think it's its own thing. I'm not sure. It does take place in Maine, like everything else. Right. <laughs> sure. But um, that is something that it is self-contained. Mm-hmm. It is wonderful. It, I love, it's the same thing where it, it's a character driven. He's both him and his dad are so good at writing character pieces yep. that sometimes they're horror. Sometimes they're not. Um, they, they, it sort of like transcends genres a little bit, sure. but in such a great way. And obviously, um, both of them probably have their stinkers as well. I will say I really liked the new movie that was based off of a Joe Hill storyline, which was the black phone. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that? Oh yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's super great. So good. So good. And, um, and, uh, I just like a really good, like horror movie. Like it's like, it's a weird for me to say that, but like, there's like times where it's like, like sometimes I just want to be like 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 a horror movie's just got to be like a good horror movie. And Black yeah. Phone is really good. Like I think I think Smile was a great horror movie. People have been giving it hassle lately, but I didn't think I think it was a great horror. I, movie. I watched it. I had my complaints. I just I think that it would. I almost think it would have been better if they didn't show the monster. I know that's weird. Yeah. yeah. I, th- so there's a hal- there's an allegory there about the the trauma chain. Oh, absolutely. That I really liked, and I liked. I liked that. The mo- I liked that. And I liked that the monster was huge and kind yeah. of like an, and kind of unbeatable. And I think that that was like kind of cool. And I, I, yeah, people get down on the CGI monster. I was a little, but see, there's a part of me that like like I grew up on like like horror. Yeah. And so like to me like mo- like horror movies not being perfect actually make them like it might be something i revisit and enjoy more yeah it just because like it's like there's like this thing where people like put the horror movies up in this expectation mm-hmm. i think i think horror movies should be compared to other horror movies and like i think it was too much like the ring for me mm-hmm. which i already hold that's the first movie that gave me nightmares that sure. was that movie i was 14 when i watched the ring and I literally would unplug my TV at night before I went to bed. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's 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 definitely it definitely has ring or it follows or you know I mean those vibes to it, which is the unescapable. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's a lot of that. You know, I mean, it yeah. is a style of movie, and um, it's a curse movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a curse movie, and and it's uh, it's. Um, I don't know. Like I like I, I don't know. I thought Smile was really great. I thought it had like a deep cut and uh, mm-hmm. and literally and figuratively. So I think it will turn it. It definitely has the <laughs> cult classic. Like it's weird to say something's going to become a cult classic, but it feels like it's going to be a cult no, classic. Totally. I don't know. It was good gore in too. So oh yeah, for sure. Um, 
Is there, before we're done, uh, anything you want to plug? I know you have another goddamn horror podcast. Yeah, well, as I said earlier, I'm on another goddamn horror podcast. Please go check it out. We um, we uh, we have a Patreon. We have a $1 level Patreon mm-hmm. um, for just appreciation. You know what I mean? It's very hard, as you well know, to um, produce a, uh, a podcast that gets, yeah. that gets, it's very hard to, to advertise it. And that we're doing the work that we're doing. And, um, um, we had a pretty successful year as far as listens and uh, Hell yeah. we're in the top, according to the Spotify raft, we're in the top 5% of shared, um, podcasts this year, which is insane. Congrats. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Um, but we, but we are, um, you know, um, so I'm always like, so listen to it. You got a horror loving friend, mention it, you know, that sort of thing. Um, that, that's a, you know, and then my, you know, my stand up, my TikTok, follow me on Instagram, follow me on TikTok. Um, you know, I'll uh, look up at your hard times articles. Like looking look up my hard times articles. You can, um, yeah. But, you uh, hustle, man. That's the thing. Like we were talking about adulthood. Like you may have these like levels of like teenage or, or young adult or whatever that you're, you have, but you, you are a grown ass. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. No, I, try, I, try, I, try, um, I, you know, I, you know, I, I, I want to, there have been times in my life and this is the last sort of meaningful thing I'll say. Um, there have been times in my life where I wasn't living. Yeah. And once I got done not living, I decided that I want to, I want to do what I can with what's left. And, you know, yeah. I mean, and it sounds, it's not as depressing as it sounds. It's more like, you know what? I just want to do cool shit. And you know what I mean? And, you know, and I wouldn't say that's depressing at all. <laughs> I would say that's relatable to me right now in my life, actually, because I, uh, as you know, recently I, I've been eating healthier. I've been, mm-hmm. I started working out. I started doing these things to kind of elongate my, hopefully elongate my life in this way, but I'm also doing things. I'm just trying to do what enhances my life. And even to the point of that concept where a long time I felt like not intentionally, but I had a sort of being kind of a uh, hindrance to others without being like a huge, not like not so far that I was like making every other person's life worse, but at the same time, there was this level where I was just kind of like giving up for a bit. Sure. And right now, my life is on an uh, upward projection, but I'll tell you, it is not easy. Mm-mm. It is not like I'm not just. This isn't automatic, you know. No. This is this is me doing things that are really important to me sure. and finding what I love in life. And you know, and I think you know, with that though, like. And like, and I hate to sound like a boomer dad and stuff like that. I really do. But like, you gotta, you gotta learn to enjoy the work. And I think that that like, you gotta, and then, and then, and then you gotta almost like get into like this thing in your head that like, maybe the outcome isn't going to be what I want it to be, but I enjoyed the work of trying it along the way that, and that's a weird, I mean, I hate saying platitudes like that. I really Mm do. Um, but, but it's like, I look at all the, the, the terrible, terrible like sets I've had in, in, in comedy and like, the first years of struggling and just like not getting booked and all that stuff. And then just like, and I think like, just like turning it up and and like being like, you know what? Like, you know, like I 
you know, I did comedy for like four months and then I quit. Mm -hmm. Um, because like, I just was like, I went from like doing okay to bombing to sucking and people don't understand the difference between bombing and sucking. Yeah. And like, and you know, and I said, I don't want, like, I don't want this to be my experience. I don't want this to be my relationship with this. So I need to like step back from this and like re, you know, so I went and studied some comics. Mm -hmm. I went, you know, and, um, and, and came back with a different vigor yeah and um you know and there's it's not like it's been easy since then but like i just kind of decided that like this is just kind of is and like what it is and like i i this is i mean this is obviously a idiom or platitude or whatever and there's this concept of like um nothing in life that's worth doing is easy right and it's true it's on it sucks but it's true but it doesn't suck at the same time like and i think that that's kind of what it is is it's like yeah like you know like i I don't you know, it's not even that like any of it. I'm gonna be honest. Like, yeah, hard is pers- is is a perspective. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, you know, like, and and it's yeah. And I'm not gonna get into like. There's always somebody who has it worse. But like, <laughs> yeah. But but you know, but you know, I've it's I, not inaccurate. I've been to banana banana plantations in southern yeah. Mexico with my work, and and seen the work that those people put in. And you know what I, I mean. And imagine. so there's like and and you know to go to work your your fingers to the bone to go home to like yeah. the incredible poverty, is you know what I mean. That's to me that that's like, and like I don't I don't mean to like to like say that people's problems aren't their problems and things no. like that and, and, and i don't mean to belittle that because i don't think that that helps um but the, but the, but the truth is is like sometimes i have to say to myself like like when i'm struggling to get through mm-hmm. it and i'm tired because i'm trying to do all these things I'm, yeah i'm a full-time dad I, i'm a manager at my job i uh, i have a lot of responsibility a lot of the buck stops with me at that job which mm-hmm. which is you know, can be challenging. Yeah. And, um, you know, to be like, there's nobody that I can blame. It's just all me. Uh, you know, there's <laughs> nobody else. It just stops it maybe yeah. with me. Um, so when there's a problem, it's like, oh, it's like, it's my job to fix it. So, and then, you know, so, and then it's like the, um, and then, you know, with comedy and the, and the writing and the, and the, th- it's like, it's sometimes when I'm like, oh, this is all hard. I have to be like, this is all, this is the good heart. Yeah. You know what I mean? These are the things that like we get to do and we have the opportunities to do. So it's not even sometimes about like I need a different perspective or the world has it worse. It's about like I I feel lucky that I am in a place where I can where I can do, do, do that I can that I can suck at comedy yeah do you know what i mean like yeah. like I'm, I'm lucky to be able to suck at comedy because there's a lot of people out there who aren't even doing that you exactly. know what i mean and you know and it's like like those those folks those folks who work on the banana plantations um they don't have the opportunity to like like be bummed that they that that, that, that their their jokes aren't working you know so what I mean? so what i would what i would uh kind of extend to that too and this was uh, i'll use an example recently so i was talking to a friend of mine and she i was texting with a friend of mine actually and i was talking about kind of where i am right now in my weight loss and just overall health journey um and she's like well do you have like a reward for yourself when you get to the because right now my weight goal is 180 it could lower it could you know could stay whatever i might get to 190 and be like man i'm in the best shape of my life and this is great but i'm not going to stop i guess is the best thing is like i think that more often than not people 
have the wrong idea of a goal because I think that if you enjoy something, the goal is to keep on doing mm-hmm. it. Yep. Whereas some people are like, oh man, once I'm here, I'm going to retire. I'm going to stop doing this. And then you get to that point where you're like, like I, I'm 33 years old. I had a situation a little while back where I was like, I'm not going to do blah, 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 blah again. And I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> right, right, sure. Like for me, it's like, I mean, hopefully the reward is, I mean, who knows? I could, I could wake up tomorrow and find out I have some sort of cancer or something like that. Right. But at the same time, the idea of I, and then you're going to be like, oh fuck, I'm losing weight. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. But, um, it's this concept of like, uh, hopefully the longer life, better quality of life in itself is a reward, but it's, it's me. I actually, and not everybody's this way and that's fine. I enjoy working out anytime, even when I like, when, when I, when I first get there, I'm, I'm in that place of like, oh man, I got to do this again. But like, by the time I'm like 20 minutes in after, especially I always start out with uh, 20 minutes on the elliptical. As soon as that 20 minutes on the elliptical and I start moving weights and everything else, like I'm like, I'm enjoying myself right now. And that is awesome because I never thought I'd be I'd be a person who enjoys working out. You, it's tough to see this in me looking at me now, but yeah. I've, uh, but I've done 20, 24 triathlons. Wow, I've run six half marathons. I uh, I used to be fit as a fiddle. Um, yeah, and uh, now I love it. Um, I <clears throat> um exercise and me have a weird relationship these mm-hmm. days. Um. You know, um, I struggle with a lot of anxiety and a lot of things, and I can get overly challenged in that world. And uh, so I have to be careful to not, like, when I do exercise, to not overdo it because I yeah. can actually, like, obsessively do it. And um, that's fair. Um, and so, but, but but if you find that in it, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, yeah. so I fully get it. Like, you go there and you're like working out, you're like, this is freaking great. And if you can it's get it, it's not easy. It's not easy. Like, easy. I'll, it's I'll not be. Right. That's a, that's what's so funny is people are like, oh man, it's gonna be easy once I get it. It's like, yeah, my muscles are a little less sore than it used to be. Like, I don't, right. I don't, I'm not, de- I'm not debilitated. It, the funniest moment for funniest thing for me was I was talking to to Matt Franco, which is another comedian, and I was hanging out. I went out to Salem with him and a few other people, and I was limping because I had just done squats for the first time mm-hmm. in a long, it, it, because I start, I, you know, I'm slowly at integrating more and more exercises into my workout. So I'd just done squats for the first time and I was limping. And then a day or two later, I know the next day I had posted on my Instagram story that I was doing leg day. And he's like, weren't you limping yesterday? I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, <laughs> if anything, especially if we know anything about like working out, obviously there's a certain level where you push yourself too far, but at the same time, if you start feeling sore, it's a lot of times because you're not moving your muscles. Right. So, Probably. yeah. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> I like to come up with like a, a, a moral of the story for the comic that we read. Mm-hmm. What would you, what would you think for this one? There's, um, uh, something like steel shit get hit. I don't know. Like, um, like something <laughs> like, um, like, you know, it's just like, it's, it, it all comes down to like, like all of these stories, like the people who want to make it easy, who want mm-hmm. the easy, the easy out, who want to just steal, you know what I mean? The, the people who want these tapes and this yeah. thing and, you know, the, at the end of the day, that's going to uh, get, you, get your, you got your fucking head chopped off. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I would, I would say, um, 
Stand up for yourself. Yeah. That's what I would say. I like that. I like that. That's true. From this, because it is, because she is like, kind of like the, almost like, starts out in some ways of like, she's innocent and she's not sure how to feel about herself. And she's got these things going for her that she learns to, that she can't trust. But as it goes along, she, even like there's a point where she throws a bunch of the, all the heads in the water, you know, instead right. of maintaining them. That's her, that's sort of like this kind of metaphor for being sure someone who stands up for yourself. Totally. No, and, I, and that is, that is, that's actually way better than mine. I just wanted to, to, well, to you know, I'm a real guru. You, know, I'm <laughs> you are, you are man. a little bit of a comic guru here. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well, all right. Well, thanks for having me on this. Man. This yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks everyone as always for listening and uh, have a great day. Peace. Obsessive.